got your Bible, read two passages of Scripture, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse 2, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Other scriptures in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, starting with verse 1. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it may make bread. Skip over to verse 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind. Set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I want to preach here this morning from this thought. It must be fulfilled. It must be fulfilled. Lift your hands one more time in voice. And ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, I thank you for your word. God, I don't ever want to take your word for granted. But I'm asking you today to use your word, the sword. Let it cut and divide, joint and marrow, soul and spirit, discerner, thoughts and intents of the heart. That God, we could become what you want us to become. And that we could find that place that you have reserved for us. I ask you today, in the name of Jesus, I pray. God bless you. You may be seated. It must be fulfilled. Jesus, uh, the ending of this, we, we understand that there is a dual nature to him. And he is fully God, the spirit within him. But the outer shell is fully man. Keep for me too, Brother Ron, I'm a Luke chapter 4 verse 1 just keep it there for me we're going to go down through through there and we understand that this is the manifestation of what the Old Testament writers and prophets saw only in part they never saw uh, him or Jesus they saw uh, the, the, the piece of it or just part of it prophecies in part but they were waiting for the fulfillment of him to come, the Messiah, the 
one that was going to, the writer in Hebrews, they had been sacrificing bulls and goats to to deal with the sin issue and it was only going to be moved forward a year. But that when Christ comes, he's going to take it away forever. So the prophecies and the word of God that had went forth was all projecting and waiting for the fulfillment of his coming. And that when he came, he was going to deal with the sin issue. The Israelites knew that they could not approach God with that factor. As long as there's sin in a life, that message has not changed today. That you and I cannot come to God when there is a sin issue or sin in the life of an individual. But he gave you and I an antidote. He gave us an answer. Aren't you thankful God didn't leave us where we were? That I might have sinned and messed up, but if it had not been for the blood that washed me and redeemed me, now I can come to God and I can boldly enter into the throne room of grace and make my petition known unto Him. That message hasn't changed. The children of Israel knew and they waited for the Messiah to come to fulfill the prophecy and the promises that was going to take it all away. But this morning I want to deal with the humanity of Christ. I don't want to take away from his divinity. We preach about it and teach about it and, and, and I love teaching it. But today, my references are going to be speaking of his humanity. The man, Christ Jesus. As a man, he knows or knew the feelings that you and I have as humans are the natural. He didn't have a place to lay his head. He suffered hurt. He felt lonely. He was rejected. All of these elements or emotions and things that you and I have been through. But you see, there was fulfillment that had to take place upon him. There was something resting on him that was greater than he. I think he knew as God, but as humanity, there was parts of him that struggled. If this cup could pass, there was things he looked at through his humanity that he didn't want to do. Again, that doesn't take away from our revelation of who he was. As God, he could do anything. There was nothing that could stop him. But in his humanity, there was a struggle. And there was a battle in the Garden of Gethsemane. There was a struggle as he suffered on that cross and took his last breath and was there alone. That's his humanity. Well, this is dealing with humanity. Luke, Matthew gives us an account just like Luke does. But I like Luke's order of these temptations that came to him. You see, to understand the full temptation and when he stood that day and said, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You got to understand Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the first and foundational level for anybody to come to God. I've got to believe that God created all of this. He created the heavens and the earth. But the earth was void. Darkness filled the face of the deep. But now here it is. And the spirit of the Lord was upon See, to understand what Jesus, again, I'm speaking humanity, you've got to see how this whole thing begins. 
And it begins for me and you just like it did in the beginning of Genesis 1 and 1 and Luke 4 and 18 and now today on April the whatever day it is. 2021. God looks at the unfulfilled purpose that's on a life. That's what Genesis 1 and 2 is saying that he looked upon the faces of the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon it. And the Bible said and the spirit of God moved upon it. But now watch. But he stopped. He moved upon it and waited. So it is for many of us. We might come to a church service like we are here today, but the Spirit of God is moving upon us today. And whether I feel a goosebump or not, or I want to admit it or not, God is looking at unfulfilled potential within me and you and waiting on a response from me and you to say, God, I sense that you're upon me. What are you trying to do, God? Folks, this is what living for God is all about. It's seeking Him and trying to find out, God, what's my purpose? He looked at the earth that was in chaos and void. In darkness, it's a picture of how you and I are when we first come to God. It's a picture of where we are when I don't know anything about God or God is trying to do something new in my life. He is always going to move upon the chaos and confusion. You say, well, is God in the confusion? No, He's upon it. He's not in the chaos of this world. He's in this world and He's upon it. But underneath this world is confusion and chaos. And families are trying to figure out what they're going to do. And they're wearing a ward on their brain figuring, well, maybe Dobson can give me the answer. Maybe Dr. Field can give me the answer. Maybe Russ Limbaugh can give me the answer. There's only one that's ever going to give us the answer. The Spirit of God hasn't left us. And it's ready to help you and I. But until I realize it's upon me to help me in the confusion, God will never activate His Spirit in my life. in all of this is him being upon me and I do nothing how sad in churches all over this world the spirit of God is upon them but they will not back off of their denominationalism and traditionalism because of fear of losing a soul or losing a congregation there shouldn't be anything that should separate me and you from the element of truth and if God said I gotta repent then I'm gonna repent if God says I get to live a godly holy life of peace and joy then you ain't got to beg me God I'm here because I wanna please you more than anything in this world I wanna see my son and daughter saved the spirit of God is upon this earth this world he's upon churches all over where there's chaos and confusion in the world and families and homes and marriages I'll slip this in just real quick. I ain't going to go heavy, but I want to make the point. Hell is not being burned up by fire alone. 
that would be a good thing. Because then I ain't out of, I'm, 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 my torment's over. Hell is this, Brother Micah. The Spirit of God is no longer upon you. People fight hell. I don't want to burn in a lake of hell. Hey, that really would be the good alternative if that be true. Yeah, you're going to burn, but you're going to come back alive and burn again and burn again and come back alive. I wish it could be a one-shot deal and I'm done. It ain't. The struggle and the thing are the worst part about hell is there is no spirit of God that will be upon us. So God gives you and I a chance every service. I'm moving upon unfulfilled potential in every service. And I'm giving somebody an opportunity every service to realize, God, I've lived my life unto myself. I've lived unto my own pleasure. But somewhere in life i got to realize the damage has been done. I've done enough to hurt family and kids. I need to turn my life over to you once and for all and give you what you're asking for. Because if the Spirit of God's upon me then it's upon me to help me but we have allowed the spirit of God to be upon us and this is the danger it's just I felt a goosebump today I feel God today God must be okay with me I can keep doing whatever and we've mistaken the Spirit of God upon us for God's condoning, condoning. And really, it's not God condoning. He's just looking at potential in you and in you and in you and in you and in you. And He's saying, I'm moving on you because I'm trying to wake up something that must be fulfilled. See, that's why I, I got such a heart for backsiders. Because the, God started something in them, Brother Charlie. Got baby dedications. God put something in their heart. And from 5, 6, 10, 15, however long they stay until they get to 18. And then they figure they got it all figured out and they leave. There's still seed in them. There's still something in them. And if I pray with a fervency and I pray with all of my heart, the Bible says, sow the seed, water the seed. That's prayer. If I pray over the seed that's been sown, then God's going to give an increase at the right time. That's why my heart goes to a backslider or to some young person that heard truth, but they walked away. Here's the thing. God's not done with them. There's unfulfilled potential in them. And God's going to do everything in his power to make them know I still want to use you I still want you to be a part of my kingdom you say well you don't understand the hurt you don't understand what I've been through or maybe it's just stubborn I'm not going to do it God's merciful and God keeps moving upon you and in this service here today, I can literally feel, I see it. It's like the Spirit of God's just quaking. He's shaking. There's a moving above us. You feel it in the midnight hour. You feel it when you go to prayer. You feel it in the car. Don't mistake in them goosebumps. You and I are looking at a place that God's trying to fulfill something in you and in me and in this church that has been spoken years ago. And God's moving now in a deeper fashion because He's trying to bring things quickly because the coming of the Lord is very soon. And what we think we may have years and months and I'm going to have... Uh-uh. 
over un. That's the translation. But the Spirit of God moved. First of all, another translation, it says God brooded. He waited. And number two, God don't move. God don't move. God manifests himself. So God can be above you, brooding. But you determine whether he manifests himself. And that's what church is. We come, the Spirit of God's brooding. I'll get off of it when I feel to get off of it. He's brooding. He's brooding. He's looking at p- potential that's in your kids. He's looking at potential in your kids. He's looking at potential in your family. He's looking at potential when you dedicated that kid years ago. And he's, he's, he's still brooding over your family. He's bro- that's why you and I, if you've got backslidden kids, you should be to your feet saying, God, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. If there's breath in their body, it's not over. If, they, if they're still, you say, well, you don't understand. They're stubborn. They're rebellious. They hate God. They hate the church. They hate people in the church. That is not a hard job for God. God can let something happen that would arrest that human spirit and bring it under subjection through the, the calamities of life. It must be fulfilled. As God sits upon it. Now watch. If he started in creation and he brooded upon it. Real fast. Ready? Luke 4, 18. Then go back to Luke 4 and 1. When Jesus, at the end of his story, we're going to have fun today. i got to do all this in about 25 minutes. When Jesus stood in that temple that day, and he read the book of Isaiah, Luke 4, 18, and the Spirit of What was he declaring? Now come on, I'm talking about humanity. He was our type. He was our shadow. He was the symbol that you and I had to pattern everything after. Yes, he was God. Yes, he didn't have to go. He could have done anything he wanted. But as humanity, he was the elder brother, the example for you and I to follow. And to understand 18, you got to understand verse 1. Through 17. Because there's a moment that God wanted everybody to know. Just as I was with him in creation, or I was in creation, and I brooded over unfulfilled potential. For the Spirit of the Lord was upon the humanity of Christ. Yes, it was in him, but in symbolism and type, it was upon him. He was trying to show you and I headship. That there's not a father and a son. There's not multiple. Go to verse 1. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. And returned from Jordan. Now I got a question. I'm not going to sit on the one that's don't get nervous. But it just kind of fits and preaches real good. If Jesus is full of the Holy Ghost. How does he have room for the father? Because John 4. And John 14. Jesus said, I, the Father is in me. And I, so if Jesus said in John 14 and about 8, he said, the Father's in me. And now Jesus is full of the Holy Ghost. We got a schizophrenic Jesus. Come on, somebody, help me just a little bit. He got the Holy Ghost and the Father in him. 
But when you understand, Jesus was just a manifestation of the God of creation. There's no confusion. He was full of the Holy Ghost. Full of, there's only one spirit. All he did was pour himself into humanity as a spirit. And he poured himself in a fiery cloud. Why do we focus just on Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Let's add the cloud and let's add the rose of Sharon and the burning bush to all of it. He poured himself in all that. But it just shows you the false doctrine in the Trinity. Oh, you're so mean. No, I'm not. I just hate false doctrine. I don't like it because it stops people from seeing a relationship in God that's intended only through truth. He's led into the wilderness. Next verse. And being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and fasting dealt with his flesh. That's all fasting. It deals with the flesh. Now watch. He come out of a 40 day fast, and he's tempted. You come out of a great experience in fasting and the first thing the enemy knows is I got to get them back and the only way I can is through the flesh. You ain't never going to get rid of the flesh. I'm going a 40 day fast, a 7 day fast, a 100 day fast if you can survive it. And the flesh is always going to be there. What it's telling me is this. There's always going to be opposition in my coming to God. And the biggest hindrance is going to be my flesh. My own attitude and thinking that stops me from God. Think about it. I've used this analogy over and over. It's the best one I can use. Well, I'm not emotional. Yes, we are. We are very emotional. You let something happen to that baby and you're going to come up fighting. You're emo- We're just not emotional about the things of God. We're emotional about the things of ourselves, Flesh. And God is trying to shift this thing in the end time and show you and I, I'm staying upon the church. I'm staying upon individuals in the church for one reason. I've got to fulfill the promises and the prophecies and the prayers. You can't ask God something 30 years ago and think God forgot. If you ask God to save your family, then for 30 years God's been working to save your family and save your home and save your children. God don't forget. He just broods and waits for the affirmation from humanity to say, ooh. So many times we've thought the presence of God and what we feel. Well, man, God's doing this again because, you know, man, no. If you feel God here today, he's doing it for one reason. To, for you and I to realize he's got something for me. He's got a job for me to do. It might not, I'm not advocating you're called to preach. What I'm advocating is this. There's something God's got for you to do. And God's going to brood over you until the fulfillment of what you've got to do is done. Now you may go 30 years. You may go from here to Timbuktu to, 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 to this one, to that one, to that one, and to that one. But you hear me. The Spirit of God is going to keep brooding over you because He's after one thing. i got to fulfill what I spoke. Whether it be from a grandfather, whether it be from a mama 
and a daddy 40 years ago. I'm going to fulfill it in that man. I'm going to fulfill it in that woman. And you and I can bounce around from one place to another. Church to church to church. But until God says, I'm ready to manifest it. And you say, God, I'm going to do everything in my power to get the fulfillment of what you got for me. Regardless of my thinking. Flesh robs us of the, 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 the peace of God, the hope of God. Flesh robs us of having a true transformation. Oh, Sister Betty, I'm glad to see you today. Flesh robs us. Of what God wants to do in us. We co-calculate it. We, 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 we got it all figured out. This is how God's going to do it. And God says, uh-uh. I'm going to do it totally different than what you're thinking of. Your old mama, Brother Dale, she could see you in church. But I bet you this. As good of a praying woman she was, so I hear and as good of a woman as she is, so I hear, I guarantee you, because she's human, she fought flesh in trying to figure out how it was going to happen. And here Jesus coming out of a 40-day fast. Go back to verse 2. And when he comes out of that fast, he's hungry. Isn't it funny how the enemy knew just where to hit him? Little food. Shoot, man, that's me every day. <laughs> he knew just where he coming off 40 days and he's starving, Marvin. Humanity. You think you, you reason, do you see why it said that, Brother Dale? You know why it says, and he was hungry? Because he's trying to show you and I he's human. He's giving us another scripture again to know. I know what you go through. I know your struggles. I know your battles. I know what you're facing. I know the valley you're walking in that you think ain't never going to end. Next verse. And the devil said, If thou be the Son of God. See, before he could ever, you're wondering why you're going through what you're going through. You're in the here. Temptation, temptation. We always think, well, I'm being tempted with, with, with whatever. You know, Sister Dean, I doubt you have a struggle with cocaine. <laughs> Seriously. I doubt you're struggling with pornography. We always relegate temptation, Sister Gail, as, well, it's something of that nature. When really the temptation you could be struggling with is just Keeping your emotions under check. It could be just negative speaking. Talking negative about people. It could be an anger issue. Whatever. Here's what I'm trying to show you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. But these temptations come to make us realize how much we need Him. How much... I said, I cannot raise my kids without God. How arrogant are we to think that I can raise a child 
especially in this hour, without the help of the church. He said, if you be the son of God, he hid him at where it hurt. It'd be like me. He hit me where it hurt. See, God's brooding over me when I was a, a child and there was unfulfilled. See, I didn't know back then, Brother Joe, I was called to preach. My aunt maybe knew it. My grandpa maybe knew it. But yet I never, they kept telling me that. But you see, in my mind, I kept saying, no way. You're crazy. You're just a crazy Pentecostal. You don't make a lick of sense. Y'all get up there and bounce around all emotional. You ain't got a clue. And all along, God's saying, that's okay. He just being, I'm still going to keep brooding. And he stayed with me. And here's what happened. I'd get in the right service at the right time. And God began to pull on them heartstrings. And my thinking began. That's why being faithful to the house of God matters. Because your thinking can be altered in the house of God. Now if I don't want to change my thinking, then you don't have to come to the house of God. But if I want my thinking to be more godly and more God conscious. And how I can help my kids. How I can be a better husband. How I can be a better father. I can save a lot of self-help books. Just get in the word of God. Be faithful to the house of God and things will come across that pulpit that'll help you and I but here it came it's brooding they're saying you're going to be a preacher and I'm saying you're out your ever loving mind sister Helen I ain't kidding I liked how I was and to have to get up and preach whoo I tell people what to do, but it wasn't in a godly fashion. Oh, come on, some of you acting. You've been sanctified since your mama's womb. You know good and well, you human too. But here's what happened, Brother Joe. I'm on scholarship. Everything going good. And God says, PG, go to Fifth Baptist School, med school. And it's brood. See, here's what I was going through right there. I was hungry for things, but not hungry for the right things. Come on, my elders. Remember years ago, I've heard the messages that was preached back in the 50s. I got tapes of it, CDs, not CDs, made over, tapes made into CDs. Preaching the messages. Hunger, hunger, hunger. But you see, I had a hunger for the wrong thing instead of for the right thing. And all along the spirit of God's brooding over me And God said I got a calling for you You ain't aunt ain't that crazy She's really in the Holy Ghost But you're just too arrogant too stubborn To whatever to receive it So I tell you what I'm going to do I'm going to let you go through things and circumstances That it's going to look like I'm being I'm part of this and I'm being It's not really so I'm going to let life circumstances If be the son of God make it next verse watch what he says and Jesus said it's written he used the word to combat the temptation and the deficit that me and you face now today is we don't know the word to face the battle that's upon us and it's uh, the enemy's plan and tactic is if he can make us ignorant to what we have access to or to think that God's not for us when God really is working in the background 
even though I can't see it. All along, I'm going through a temptation. Live by bread. He said, "Uh uh-uh. I'm not going to live by the natural. What he's saying is, I'm changing what I've been hungry for. I don't ever read right here that Jesus ate. He's still in the mode of keeping things in check to make sure that whatever it is that's going to be fulfilled through him, I'm speaking as a humanity, is done at whatever the cost. Next verse. And the devil taking him to a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I believe that what the enemy showed him was in his humanity. He showed him all the things past, present, and future. He showed him Hitler coming. He showed him Alexander the Great and how he influenced the Persians, the Romans, every conqueror of the modern world. He said, do you see how I use them? I will give you the same power. And he showed it in a moment of time. If you'll do what? Next verse. Verse 6. Verse 6. And the devil said, all this power I'll give you in the glory. And I've got the ability to give you whatever you want. See, before you and I can reach up into the presence of God that's hovering, we've got to realize the war that's in front of us. Me. What stops God from doing what he did in Genesis? Let there be light. And he called forth the waters. He called forth. What's stopping God from calling forth your sons and daughters and and, and the healing that you need in your body and the financial miracle you need here and the peace of mind? What's stopping God from calling forth? I don't have that in Genesis 1 and 1 and 2. But Jesus gives us the picture what's stopping the calling forth in my life the fulfillment of it all next verse verse 7 if thou will worship isn't it ironic again just another quick worship where was Lucifer in the beginning sister Gail he was the worship leader of heaven and he lost his job so when he can't ever get back he knew what could stop the fulfillment And that would be Jesus to start worshiping things instead of the creator. So what stops the fulfillment? What's stopping things in my life from coming to pass? What's stopping a peace of mind? What's stopping a healing? What's stopping my sons and daughters, whether they're young today or old already? What's stopping the move of God in them? It's the same temptation Jesus went through. What am I worshiping? Am I worshiping my own opinion? Am I worshiping my own, what I think should be? Or am I going to turn and worship him, Brother Joe, with all my heart? Because here's the thing. If I'll turn and worship him with everything that I have and all of my heart, my mind, and my soul, and my strength, if I'll give him everything, that brooding spirit of God that is upon me will begin to speak out. And it'll begin to speak for things in my life that I can't correct. Folks, this is the best thing that you and I could ever do. Any decision that I could ever make. Sure, the battles may be tough. And life is always going to be difficult. But I don't want to ever face the challenges of life and not be in right relationship with God. The best thing I could ever do is make the fulfillment happen. 
because life is always going to be bad, rough, cruddy. Life is always going to be a challenge. There's always going to be flesh that I'm going to have to deal with. There's always going to be something trying to pull on my worship. And Jesus is trying to show us as our example. Next verse. And Jesus answered and said, Get behind me, Satan, for it's written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him shall thou serve. Next verse. And he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on a pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem, and said, If you be the son, cast thee down. Next verse. For I will give the angels charge over thee. Next verse. And in thy hands they're going to bear you up. Next verse. And Jesus answered, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now he just shifted from fulfillment. From not knowing, though he knew everything in humanity, he just shifted now to fulfillment. I know who I am. I am the Messiah. He knew, yes. But as a picture for you and I, he's trying to show you in his humanity. He went through the same struggles. How many times has it come, Micah, and the, and the enemies come to us saying, you ain't really got the Holy Ghost. Because if you really had the Holy Ghost, you wouldn't be going through everything you went through. You wouldn't be battling the things you went to. You wouldn't be battling situations. If you really were people of the name like you sang about, you wouldn't be struggling with things that you're... There would be no cancer on your pew. There would be no heart attacks on your pew. You wouldn't have any of these problems. And the backsider would be here. If you really had authority in the name of Jesus, I want to declare to somebody, you're on the verge of realizing, I'm not just a saint, but I'm a son and daughter of God that's got a purpose that's greater than anything I can. And I can't let the enemy pull me away. He's coming. Musicians. Today I felt so strong. You can ask her. I testified to it. I had four messages last night at eleven o'clock. I woke up this morning. I had four messages at six o'clock, five thirty. And as the day went, he began doing. Nope. 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 And I said, God, I don't understand this. You're going to have to give me the revelation. What are you trying to say? He said, there will be somebody on that pew today. There will be some bodies on that pew today. And they're battling temptation. And the enemy's trying to pull them away. But you've got to give everything. You've got to reach for them. Because there's fulfillment that's in them. And if they, it's going to just prolong some things. I'm trying to make things happen now in their life. I'm trying to bring fulfillment now. Folks, we think this end time is something that's coming way down the road. I'm not going to take a chance. I got enough signs showing me that if Jesus wanted to come now he could. Why are we waiting for tomorrow? It doesn't matter the struggle I face today. I'm going to do everything in my power to position myself that the fulfillment of God can be done. And if he's brooding over me with unfulfilled potential then I want to see it come to pass. Jesus realized I know who I am. And I know what my purpose is. But it took all that. The abusing of authority. The misusing of authority. He tried to get him to abuse. And finally. Uh-uh, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now go to 18 brother Ron. And the close. For the spirit of the Lord 
I really believe, Brother Bushdale, there's no way because of his humanity. If we ascribe to the, the humanity of Christ as strong as we do, there's no way he could have stood and read the book of Isaiah with revelation without this before him. Because he knew, Brother Larry, there was going to be a Scott Benoit, there was going to be a Charlie, there was going to be somebody coming that understood the Spirit of God's like oxygen, folks. It's everywhere. But where there's purpose and potential, He stops, metaphorically. God can't stop. He can't ever go. <laughs> he is. He manifests Himself over unfulfilled potential. And while He's brooding, Brother Charlie, here's what happens. We're tempted in all three points. I ain't got time to qualify that. Go back and qualify it. It goes all the way back to the garden. The three temptations. I, I can connect all this together from Genesis to here. You're going to be tempted in all three points. The lust of the eye, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. And until I conquer all three, not perfect, but conquer it, the fulfillment of God can never happen in your life. Pride of life is what? I got to be somebody. Well, if you can't conquer it, then the purpose of God is just going to kind of be wavering. Lust of the eye, we know what that one is. That's an easy one. Lust of the flesh, carnal appetite. I got to have more, more, more pleasure. And all along, God's over here doing this. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost for somebody today. I'm talking to a backslider today. You were a Bible study teacher. You were a soul winner. You were a Sunday school teacher. You were a, a youth leader. You were, and God's waiting, Brother Keith. I'm preaching to a sinner today. I'm preaching to a backsider. Oh, we don't say that no more in church no more, right, sinners? We can't say that no more, Brother Bush. Now we got a people that are lost. No, we're sinners. All are sinners. I'm a sinner. But I'm saved by grace. And it's brooding today over somebody that's got potential. Is there anybody here today to tell God just this one thing? Maybe you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit's on you, but it's not in you. It's, in, it's on you, but you ain't got it in you. You can't face tomorrow without it in you. Because if He's in you, what does He do? He affects your thinking. He affects your heart. But if He's on you, His, His access to you is limited. He can only operate like this. I'd rather Him operate from here. Out. Is there anybody here today? It just says, God, I don't have the Holy Ghost. I want it. Maybe I'm not sure if I got it. I need it. Or maybe there's somebody I just ain't have that old just feeling again. I just want it back. Because if you got something for me, God, I want to do whatever you want me to do. God's calling people here this morning to a greater place. I want you to lift your hands right now. Lift your voices. Just close your eyes. And with all your heart, let's just ask God to forgive us right now. Come on, anything that would stop us, whether it be the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, God, forgive me. Maybe it's about, maybe I got a, uh, an addiction. God, forgive me today. Maybe I got something else that I'm struggling with. God, forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me for what I've said. Forgive me for what I've heard. Forgive me, God, for maybe I'm craving more. Uh, 
forgive me today. Come on, talk to him. This is between you and God. You're not confessing your sins to me or to anybody else. You're confessing to God. God, I need you to forgive me today. God, forgive me today. God, forgive me today. I I didn't pass the test. The temptation came and I I gave into it. Maybe it's a lust for, for, for tangible things. It's a lust for the things of the flesh. God, forgive me that I didn't put you first. Now, if you've repented, here's what I want us to do. I want you to grab the hands of the person next to you. We're small enough today. I want you to grab the hands of the person next to you. And I want us to all come to the front together. Families today. Families. You're not joining the church. You're joining what God's trying to do through His Word. That's all we're trying to do is give God some some action. God, I want what you got. God, I want more of you. I need you in my family. I need you in my home. I need you in my life. I need you, God. You're you're out here, but I need you in here, God. I need you to fill my thoughts today with all my heart. I give it to you now. Come on, lift that hand that you're holding. If you need the Holy Ghost today, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost and live in you. The Bible says the sign that you receive the Holy Ghost, you speak with other tongues. That's the Word of God. Meet me after service. I'll give you a Bible study.